This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. Tlohe, good morning. Welcome to the show. Good morning, good morning. Uh, as always, a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, it wouldn't be a Monday if we didn't do this, yeah. so I guess everyone knows that, all right? <laughs> it's a Monday and we've started, and what better way to start the week than with us? Of course, man. So it's always lovely to start uh, the week uh, this way. And I want us to jump into what uh, George spoke about there. Uh, it's He more or less t- you know, touched on what is happening, developments in uh, the education sector. Yeah. I mean, uh, we saw uh, last week uh, the doors of, of learning opening uh, for uh, the young ones. Uh, there was a hive of activity even here in Gauteng where we saw uh, the basic education minister, Enji Mutsecha, even uh, here on the ground with the M- see moving around the way in Harangua, uh, just opening a school there. We saw yeah. her uh, just moving later on in the week to announce uh, the uh, metric results. Uh, just when you look at it, uh, I mean, it looks like uh, most of these uh, applicants would still find themselves uh, more or less going into the week where clarity is sought, especially here in Gauteng, where we saw that online uh, system or a lot of parents not finding a joy there. So we have over 34,000 late applicants uh, that have been received across the Houghton province when you look at what has been happening here. And uh, the MEC last week even giving them assurance to say, please, as parents, bear with us. Give us at least 10 days uh, so we can get our house in order here in terms of accommodating those uh, that maybe may have not been accommodated because of late applications and their likes, which are some of the things, issues that uh, the education Education departments tend to battle with uh, here as reasoning to why some of these young ones uh, could not be placed in time. It really is a cause for concern, and we do know that this is a system that was, you know, tenured and it's actually started uh, under the administration uh, of the education department when it was at the, when the current premier Panyazalu Sufi. Uh, was at the helm and really it was a way to actively monitor um, applications but the application process for schools more specifically in a way to ensure that there is a integration to be able to ensure that there is a systemic flow of information that allows for schools to be able to well for the department to help schools administer the intake that they have more specifically trying to also just regulate uh you know the process in so far as uh, kind of you know making sure that you know people get uh, enrolled in the schools that they want but also schools that are you know quite nearby to where they live without necessarily having to worry about this you know and obviously also trying to scrap or trying to create a new sense of this whole feeder zone uh, thing and so this is something that has been going on for almost just a little over or just a little under uh, 10 years and it is a system that of course has been uh, to a great extent met with a certain level of uncertainty a certain level of Um, unpleasantness if you will 
And of course, it comes now at this point where we know that teaching and learning resumed on the 17th of January um, across the country. And yet a number of young people, a number of children, specifically grade ones and grade eights, uh, still, still find themselves without any placement. And now, of course, parents, as a result thereof, have been now queuing outside district offices, outside schools, trying to be able to see what it is that they can do, trying to be able to see uh, what it is that could happen to be able to have their children find placement. Now, at the advent of the weekend so by the time you know the week ended we had over 34,000 late applications that have been received across the province Uh, and still even in the midst of that you still find parents who are saying or who really are not in favor of this online admission system saying that it is failing and that it should certainly be scrapped Um, the department has as you've already said promised to sort this out and resolve it within 10 days and you know pleading for patience and really this is a multifaceted multi multi faced if you will uh issue in and around schooling school admissions the online system but schooling specifically within the Gauteng province and when you look at what the province in has, what the province has to offer, what the province looks like, what the province is shaped like, and when you look at the systems, it's really a, a massive cause for concern. And notwithstanding the challenges, notwithstanding the 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 the, 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 the systemic challenges that come with this online system, you know, of course, the understanding that you would apply for three different schools, first choice, second choice, third choice, possibly being given your third choice based on, you know, how the system would regulate, how schools would pick and, you know, make the determinations that this is where you'd be placed or you find that you're outside your feeder area, all those kind of things. So there are issues that the system in and of itself does lack or does not necessarily pick up on and of course demand uh you know service networks uh, you often find that often you find that as the system is about to go online whenever they do launch it does crash because of the influx of people that go on at one time so there's those aspects those systemic aspects but then when we look at uh, the general systemic aspects of Gauteng as a whole, mm. as a province, we understand uh, the, the notion of how many people travel into Gauteng. Yeah, even the migration. Year. Migration just, is still a yeah, massive, massive issue. And as a result thereof, mm. you now have infrastructure that does not necessarily or is not necessarily able to accommodate the demand that there is everybody that there is there i mean there's there's always you know there's this uh, constant saying that there's a reason why in johannesburg you don't find uh, you know widespread houses because everything has to go up because why there is no space and that speaks to also a spatial planning kind of uh, yeah. a, a spatial planning aspect of things because uh, 
Dang, from a landmass perspective, is the smallest province uh, mm. of the nine provinces in the country. True. Uh, yet it, it accounts for so much because it is the hub uh, mm. of economic activity. So now you're now looking at a situation whereby you've got this infrastructure, you've got this demand for this, uh, for education, for this infrastructure. You don't necessarily have enough infrastructure, mm. which then leads to a problem in a situation where now where you're trying to develop a public schooling system that would be able to have the same kind of uh, systemic uh, outlines as a private schooling system, you then find yourselves with the inability to do that because now you don't have enough schools, you have an oversubscription of learners. And the duty, of course, is now ensuring that these children get an education and making sure that they get a quality one. So then you end up now having to put uh, children in excess of 30 in a class when the aim is to have them uh, below that. And so you're you're dealing with a number of those things now. Another thing that might, many might not be aware of as well is the fact that, and and and, and it's a catch twenty two. Mm. So after the application application process, sorry, closed uh, last year, I think in and around uh, September October, uh, just a little closer to uh, the festive break, actually, the mm. department reopened the process for late applications which is another thing that we're not uh, you know or we should be cognizant of yeah parents did not take advantage of that right yes Uh, because most of the uh, I think concern even uh, you know from the authorities is that most of the parents it's a race against time so early in the year when there have been like all of these processes in the year last year in the year that was uh, just to give them time to get their houses in order uh, which is so unfortunate because uh, here in the center of all of these hustle and bustle there's a young one uh, that wants to go to school they're so confused uh, as to which uniform are you buying me you buying me uniform from school x or school y exactly so, so it's it's just tricky, and and also uh, other kids have gotten to enjoy day one of schooling. So you are coming in a week later uh, to play somewhat of a catch up. I think mm-hmm. it messes up with you mentally as a young one. So I'm hoping that at least in the ten days uh, we tend to see a little bit of a movement coming out of the Houghton yeah. uh, province. Uh, but you know, a lot of parents as well. I, I don't think everyone is welcoming to the system, uh, which is why then you don't see them really more or less all of them take up the opportunity in their numbers when this process is open meaning that the Houghton provinces still have to investigate go down to the ground Mm. and get a sense of what are the stumbling blocks where parents and these applications are concerned in a way that maybe will need to and I know it's something that they're doing already maybe we'll need personnel that yeah. will be stationed you know, at some of the uh, centers, at libraries and all, uh, community centers, uh, schools that would help parents. Uh, if you still want to do it the traditional way, you can still walk in Koskolo, uh, but we'll take you through the online yes. uh, way of doing things. Uh, but it's still a walk-in, so you're not sitting there at home doing it alone, frustrated. Mm-hmm. Uh, there would be someone uh, that is there to help you. So I'm hoping that as we go into it, 
that is something that would be a consideration here yeah. uh, looking at uh, the academic year uh, but uh, yeah a lot of excitement as well around mm-hmm. uh, the young ones are we looking at ensuring that uh, 2024 becomes one of the best years uh, looking at the fact that uh, we have nothing to attribute uh, the losses to in terms of covid-19 mm-hmm. that is that seems to be a thing of the past you know uh, so a lot of schools have picked up the momentum again yes. uh, in terms of teaching as well maybe uh, the challenge would be the issue of load shedding in some instances uh, but then even that uh, we know there's a court case right now uh, that is pushing to exempt schools clinics and the likes there was even a ruling here but it looks like government uh, will be taking that on a review but let's let's wait and see how uh, the year goes here a lot of excitement even uh, coming from the authorities uh, she's looking forward to really ensuring that we uh, keep that uh, momentum even where our matriculants are concerned that's right yeah uh, so there is a lot of work to still be done yeah and it, it can never be perfected because the sad reality uh, is that our education system is both the, the the problems that it faces are also multifaceted in so far as there is a great deal of 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 there's there's challenges you know uh, in so far as it's an infrastructure thing but it's also a human capital and capacity thing as well that we that we have to deal with in the challenges that the education sector faces mm. and not just you know quality access and such but also human capital in so far as you're not or the system is not turning out as many educators as they would want to as it would want to especially in the public sector and so as a result uh, you 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 find this consistent and uh, constant scrambling to try and you know navigate uh, the way but really you are correct in saying that uh, since the advent of this week uh, the advent of the new school year the new school term uh, the results uh, releasing uh, that, that, that there is certainly a positivity mm. around uh, the sector amongst uh, education authorities and officials and there is really just the continuous scramble mm. uh, to try to do what needs to be done and we do know of course at this point in time that as a general principle uh, there is always that rush there will always be you know that 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 small anyana wave of chaos and Mm. once things settle in after a week or two then the academic year really does uh, progress accordingly but uh, placements will always be a problem Uh, it will always be a challenge unfortunately and part and parcel of that is also around what we prefer what we want uh, what uh, and and it speaks to a greater thing actually because you would find uh, you know the schools and, and, and nothing against the schools and, and in our townships but just as an example on uh-huh. uh, your closest school get this and that's school a school b but that's not what you specifically as Motswadi as a parent <laughs> that's not child. what you want for your child yeah. so yeah. you want them to come to hyde park primary or yeah. primary and all of that <laughs> and then you have to deal with that aspect of things so it also speaks Ish. about in the spaces that we live, what is also being done, and, and you've seen certain strides, but certainly there is a necessity for more to be able to develop if you have one system, if you know that 
you know, your park towns, your, your, your cares, your JP girls, if you know that those are your standards of public schooling, you then need to be able to create a system that whatever models are being used by those schools are then integrated in townships to then be able to create that very same system and you bring that school, oh, that yeah. culture and tradition to there. And if you can mm. do that, then it might, it, it, it's, 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 it's a drop in the ocean but at least yeah. it's a step in trying to rectify and develop the system yeah i totally agree with you let's level yeah. the uh, playing field in yeah. a way that uh you know uh, the very same education that is being pushed at hyde park uh, primary is, is the very same education that you get go uh, you know, Sisoko, whatever, exactly. primary school exactly. there in Alex or in Soweto and the likes. And I, I saw, exactly. I mean, in the previous tenure of uh, Banyaza de Sufi, he was opening schools, right? He was uh, trying by all means to modernize schools, to uh, bring about uh, computers and the likes in the yeah. schools. Uh, so we're hoping that uh, most of uh, that program would continue also into the new year. And we see most of these facilities capacitated uh, to meet uh, at least even international standards where learning and teaching is concerned. Yeah. I want us to, to go into politics and look at Raya Zanzi and what came out of uh, the weekend that was. I see Moses also wants to, to speak about it, uh, calling us from Bramley there. Uh, but a lot of people, just hundreds, in their hundreds when you look yeah. at it, uh, just meeting over the weekend there uh, for uh, the first manifesto launch of Raya Zanzi as a political political organization uh, we see them really moving here uh, into this space to uh, present themselves as a an actual you know more or less uh, opposition or an actual contender or player uh, yeah. when you look at uh, the road to the union buildings here uh, post the general elections so we saw Songhez uh, Ozibi the party's leader here uh, spelling out a bold vision here uh, for South Africa's future also using his party his Best ever manifesto launch over the weekend to downplay or take a swipe at the ANC at the MK party urging South Africans here uh, to look through political gimmicks to really sift through whatever noise uh, that is being said here uh, to ensure that theirs uh, is to give their power uh, to a political party that would champion their interest here. Uh, this is a party uh, that said to us that they've crisscrossed South Africa in terms of more or less coming through with this particular document. It's a document that could stand the test of time mm. in presenting, uh, you know, the possibility of a South Africa uh, that is to come under Raya Zanzi. What did you make of uh, that particular meeting, the manifesto launch? Does it give you a sense that uh, they are ticking the right boxes in terms of what we need as South Africans as we speak right now? Well, that, that that's a very difficult uh, question to answer. Uh. And, and, and I say this just really from this point of view that now more than ever especially as we enter into this politically volatile and politically charged space uh, because really the next however odd many months depending on when our elections will be uh will really be charged and 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 yes with the coming of the elections there is a rhetoric that mm. will come from so many political parties, the ruling party itself, opposition, uh, so many 
in terms of what South Africa needs or what South Africa is 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 is, is poised and what South Africa is poised to deal with, mm. and with their manifesto launch, uh, Rise and certainly took from a you know from the general South African playbook, uh, which obviously referred to constantly making reference to the ruling party and its 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 its, its failures mm. but also looking towards rising or raising rather issues that are very pertinent uh, to, to 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 south africa so part and parcel of this launch really was uh, the leader of Rizomzansi, Songezo Zibia, taking swipes at current and former ANC <laughs> leaders, which is the general premise of, you know, how to go about things in the yeah. politics, in the politics of South Africa. Um, you play you know, to the noise. You right? play to the noise. Yeah. You have to undoubtedly. And then yeah. it's only after playing to the noise where we then as a citizen, uh, citizens of the country, as a citizenry and trying to be active must then be listening to, okay, so they've played to the noise. They've complained about the ruling party. We know that we we have load shedding we know that we have this we know that we have that but what is it that you're able to offer and certainly mm. in what they have been trying to do and certainly being some of the new kids on the block uh, really raising the hopes the desires of the country but really gaining a certain level of traction and popularity uh, they then you know were able to then uh, you know try and then and, and articulate themselves in such a way that they would be able to explain why they, they, they should be South Africans' party of choice. And for Zibi, uh, who is the leader of the party uh, or the political movement, depending on what you want to call it, uh, he does or he is of the belief that South Africa's future is certainly under threat, um, really alluding to the fact that in and around 2005, uh, according to him, that's when the seeds of the crisis in which we find ourselves now uh, were planted with politicians who did not necessarily want to be uh, held accountable. Now, from that, he outlined, uh, you know, the destruction of the Scorpions, the destruction of mm. the NPA, uh, the destruction of our revenue system and, you know, so many other things, lambasting the current yeah. president of South Africa and leader of the ruling party and certainly the same for former President Jacob Zuma, former uh, Secretary General yeah. of the ANC, Ace Mahashule. And so he continuously goes on and on and on. And then came the crux of some of the issues which many believe and many are already outlining yeah. to be pertinent issues that will define this election and that of course was the matters of immigration crime uh, the economy and of course joblessness which they believe will be crucial in these upcoming uh, elections uh, certainly what will be a very very hot topic especially when you consider yep. the stance of the ruling party uh, the stance of uh, the EFF and then you get uh, so many other parties uh, is that of immigration the belief uh, that immigration ties directly to crime and yep. you know uh, one of the what many believe 
believe are heightening or heightened problems in the country as a result of those uh, things immigration and crime and so as a result thereof uh, we do know that the EFF for example calls for a borderless, borders, yeah, a borderless you know country yeah. a borderless continent where others are certainly saying that cannot occur and it's 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 really on the fine line around how you 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 go about doing it and certainly what many are trying to then attain is that yes we can have uh, we need to have borders and we're not saying let us not have uh, people come into our country but let them come in let them be accounted for mm. let them be uh, documented as per the systems mm. uh, that, that 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 countries have or as the systems that we as a country have and so these are really some of the things that mm. that that really will be at the fore uh, of, of of this election and these are some of the things that were addressed in the manifesto he touched you know? on a lot of things yeah. i mean when, yeah. when you look at uh, some of these things that he mentioned here uh, they are hot topics for south africa oh, yes. uh, right now issues of crime uh, it's a hot topic as we speak right now so each and every party would ride on that yes. in terms of the lapses uh, of government uh, where issues of governance around crime yes. are concerned uh, issues of jobs i yeah. mean we need jobs right now uh, there's a lot of despondency that we speak about uh, where young people are in the really forefront yes. of uh, these uh, crises here uh, the economy at the center of a whole lot of these things we're going into uh, the budget speech in february and a lot of people are really not anticipating that particular process yeah. uh, because it often just comes with taxes uh, it, it comes with a lot of uh, you know austerity measures for mm-hmm. uh, government departments and doesn't give you a clear uh, sense of whether we are winning the fight against craft uh, where uh, state-owned entities are concerned Mm so i mean these are the things that he would talk about uh, in the lead up to uh, the elections but whether south africans are buying into this uh, that remains a multi-million dollar uh, question here uh, because uh, really some of these things are not new issues but strategy and how we move about Mm -hmm. in ensuring that we don't fall in the same trap uh, that the anc has found itself in in over the years uh, would actually set this particular party uh, apart uh, from the ruling party and all of these other political parties mm-hmm. that uh, would then also on their manifestos ride on issues of uh, immigration on issues of jobs and uh, their likes what are you then going to do differently uh, to ensure that you strategically get us out of this particular crisis uh, that we find ourselves in in each and every corner immigration mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. a challenge there hence mm-hmm. the border management authority issues of crime police are being killed you know it, they're under siege on the open line uh, someone one of our callers spoke about that as well where crime is just also rampant gun gun control we don't have that in the country right now uh, because there are a lot of crimes that are, have happened undetected people yes. haven't been arrested so it doesn't give you a sense that we are winning the fight there the economy at the worst it's been battered uh, by just a lot we uh, have not uh, positioned ourselves in a way that we will weather the storms where the geopolitics are concerned hence we are struggling right now as an economy but also domestically we have issues like your load shedding and everything else that tends to exacerbate uh, the challenges here where that is concerned so i see that he was strategic in terms of uh, you know more or less just talking about how they're going to present themselves and their case here 
going into the elections. And they come through at a time when we're still waiting to see other political parties as well. Oh, give yes. us a sense of what they are offering to South Africans here. So I think they played it also strategic in a way that they're like early in the year, as much as we haven't been a party that has a track record that we can come and say, you know us guys, we have yeah. done this, we have done that. Mm. Uh, let's more or less outline the issues as early as possible so that we can run with all of these issues in whichever uh, place or constituency that we tend to visit here. But uh, mm. a reminder to our listeners that our, uh, the, our lines are open as we speak right now. You can engage with us. I'd like to hear a sense of how you're receiving Araya Zamzansi. Someone was also uh, talking about really, uh, you know, uh, uh, this political parties that are a lot in terms of uh, new formations here uh, to say that we now need to read into their strategies in terms of how they are going to present themselves and the strategy of just attacking the ANC or attacking other political doesn't parties. Work. It doesn't work. I mean, we want to work. Practical. We want to see you saying that, uh, listen, tomorrow when you wake up, those robots that were not working, they're going to be working and I'll mm. ensure that overnight I call whoever I call even if they, it means them working very early in the morning uh, but crunch time during traffic flow uh, those robots would be working that's the delivery of service like you know what I mean yes. where there are those commitments and they're tangible commitments and we're seeing a little bit of a move yes. uh, coming from uh, the powers uh, that be but I have Moses here who's calling us from Bramley who's been holding for uh, the longest of time wants to talk about Rise and Sansi Moses uh, good morning are you there with us so, your call has been placed on hold all right moses has placed us on hold wow. <laughs> so we'll take moses back to Lulu there uh, so we can get a sense of uh you know his contribution here but yeah. moses wanted to speak about a rise from zansi and uh you know he said they have something positive to offer uh when you look at uh how then they've managed to revive the spirit of uh south africans mm-hmm. they are young mm-hmm. uh, also in the way they present themselves i mean yeah. a lot of people that were there uh, you know, in Twani at the Hatfield Arena, uh, it, it, it was it's just a lot of young people. Also, mm. when you look at Songe Zosibi, he's a young person, you know, mm. like he comes across as if they will give you uh, just politics that are agile, that yes. would give you things yes. that are on the move. Almost reminds me of the energy of, uh, of Vuyo Zungula, mm. you know, of the African transformation movement, mm. how he mm. got into this space. And as the ATM, uh, the minority of all parties managed to bring about motions of no confidences and pushed, you know, to have a voice there. So it really remains to be seen how things are going to fare where Rizam Zanz is concerned. But sorry, I want to play a little bit of a snippet yeah. of what came out of that manifesto Alrighty. launch. And then uh, we'll really look at uh, how things are faring here. But also we'll bring in Moses to give us a sense of his impressions here uh, with uh, the party Rizam Zanzi as we inching closer and closer uh, to the 2024 for general elections. Today is a good day. It's a good day to be South African. Today is a big day. It's a historical day for South Africa. We are gathered here today because our country is in serious trouble. It is in crisis. 
Although many people believe politics is a game of promises, smokes and mirrors, to us here in this room, this is no game. This is a life and death situation that we are in. There is one choice in this election. One. One question. Are we going to let the ANC continue ruining our lives and the future of our children? Well, we are here today because the answer is a big no. We love our families and communities too much to gamble with their lives by letting thieves stay in power. This is not the future we voted for in 1994. And therefore, it is time to once again move away from an abusive system and leaders who really, really hate us. We have said that 2024 is our 1994. 1994 was supposed to be about freedom and justice. But none of those things have been fully delivered. There is no freedom and no justice when there is so much inequality in our society. 1994 was supposed to end racism. But today, we have more victims of systemic racism than we did in 1994. Because our so-called leaders are unable to think outside the colonial toolbox. 1994 was supposed to be about healing the wounds of our past. But today, we sit with fresh wounds and scars caused by those who claim to be our liberators. Poverty is a violation of people's rights. Hunger is violent. Neglect is violent. Violent crime is traumatizing. 1994 was a crossroads in South Africa's history. We are at another crossroads now. If we do not change course, we will become another failed African state whose citizens are poor, even though our country has natural resources and natural wealth. Unemployment is higher now than it was 20 years ago. Violent crime is worse now than it was 20 years ago. Corruption is not just worse. It is the very reason our so-called leaders are even in politics today. They even kill one another for the chance to steal from us and destroy our lives. Many South Africans do not trust the police anymore. We do not trust government officials. Too many people in our society tolerate and defend corrupt people. Some even follow politicians, corrupt politicians, when for the one millionth time they lie and say they will put an end to corruption even though they are on trial for corruption. The national leader of Horizon Zanzi there, Songe Zibi, just really looking at the state of affairs in South Africa as we speak right now. I think some at some point he even played the whole, you know, say yeah, and then, you know, you move the mic. <laughs>
<laughs> because he was like, <laughs> we have a, 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 he said something along the lines of, this is not the South Africa that you would want to be, right? Yeah. And uh, the people cheered and said, yeah. So you can tell that, yeah, the crowd, though, aligned in terms of what he was talking about here. But I want to bring in Moses uh, to give us a sense of uh, his impressions so far, uh, where Rizam Zanzi and Songe Zozibi is concerned. But you at home, uh, let's talk. We are on 0861 He's already said a lot, all right? Uh, mm. Talking about corruption, talking about how things are not moving uh, the way that they should, uh, saying that when you look at it, we are at crossroads as mm. South Africa uh, right now, and something needs uh, to be done. Uh, Moses, uh, welcome to the show. Uh, good morning, uh, KG. Sure, sure, man. Are you well? I'm well, I'm well. I uh, Yeah, yeah, mm. man. You know, when I can do, sure. uh, I've been listening to this Rice Mzanzi guys, not mm. even Zongezi himself, but mm. other guys when they are being interviewed yeah. on, on radio platforms, mm. they can articulate our problems. Mm. They resonate with us. Mm. You know, if you are a good listener, you listen to people who said, these are guys who can, mm. who can have a solution to our problem. Because with the ANC, really, uh, little did we know when we voted these people into power, when we queued in a long queue, 1994, mm-hmm. hoping that things will get better. They fail even to dismantle apartheid. It's still existing. Yes. But to them, they normalize this. Mm-hmm. Our borders are porous. Things are not working. You look at Jobek, you know, a, a very simple example of Jobek. You, you, you go to Jobek, you ask yourself, this was the world-class African city mm-hmm. in, in, in description those days, those years. They still you use that tag. What? I don't know if it's mm-hmm. still relevant, you know? <laughs> no, it's not when, when I can yeah. because really, you know, I do e-hailing on weekend and yeah. after work sometimes. Mm. You know, when you drive to Joburg, your heart will be bleeding. Mm. You ask yourself, you know, I've worked in Joburg downtown 1995, 96, 97 after this Mickey Mouse freedom. Mm. Joburg mm. was still okay, you know. You, yeah. you can still see that. But white people were beginning to move to the northern suburb of Fountain and stuff. Because it was, you could see that it's no longer viable. Yeah. Uh, Crime-wise, people were, mm. were were being marked during the day, and you, you find there's no help from other people. There will be spectators. Mm. So, Mina, when when I listen to Rise Mzanzi, I think as South African, let's give these people a chance, really. And there are people who are still having a notion of saying why they will eat like what the ANC were eating. I said, no, it can't be. If maybe they will be eating, we'll give them that term, five-year term, and we remove them immediately. Because we we trusted the ANC for for 30 years, and these guys were, were, were definitely eating. They were killing one another for tenders. They were, you know, and, 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 and they are scavengers, you know, hyenas. As Mbeki once said, 
these guys, man, we need to remove them. I think Rising Zanzi, uh, South African people, I'm, I'm pleading to you guys. Let's give these guys a chance. And, and if they're not delivering, we'll remove them immediately. We cannot just go to the EFF as there are also our problems. When I, when, when, when I serve my divorce papers to the ANC, when, when Julius Malema was a great defender of that, that young man, when the ANC guys here in Soweto, when I'm with them, I used to, because I used to have my, my younger guys who, who used to be comrades. I said, no, guys, your time is over. Let's give this young man a young chance. People, yeah. But until he said, let's open the borders, let's, you can rather go then with it's your a problem. Yeah. yeah, I see a problem now. Mm. But with this Rise Muzanzi guys, let's give them a chance and see. Because they are not just saying in order to eat. When you listen to them, you see the guys who are who are, are carrying this pain of a country being destroyed in front of our eyes, and we are no longer having that spirit of standing up and said enough is enough. That spirit is gone. Do, do, do you think they, they give you a sense then of uh, just the makeup of the political space uh, in South Africa in the future to come where you are now saying you have a, a lot of young people that are reasoning that are able to give you a sense of where we are as a country and what needs to be done uh, to get us out of these crises. We've recently just seen uh, Dr. Zuma that letter that was making the rounds where she's saying that she's not coming back as a member of parliament. Do you think this is an opportunity now uh, to see a lot of these people move into this space, especially young people uh, that uh, would go into this space and uh, just uh, hold up seats uh, there within parliament. Is this the future uh, that is to come or something that you'd like to see happen here, uh, Moses? Of course. We, we, we definitely need to see a, a, a fresh blood coming up and take the ring because Really, with this gimmick of um, umkonto, uh, uh, these are gimmicks because you know that 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 those guys who used to be uh, called the Premier League, uh, you know uh, the Mahashul, the Mahashulas, and all the 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 the, 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 the uh, who was the Premier of uh, the uh, the northern uh, the northwest, uh, uh, all these guys. All, all the, the, those untrusted people, they will be going to the uh, Umkonto. And Umkonto can gain uh, traction because people who, 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 who actually have been saying, uh, uh, they will go with that thing. And as South Africa, uh, a responsible South African, please, let, let us actually work to see to it that we build this country. We live in darkness today load shading that these crooks promise us that uh, come 2024 load shading will be the thing of the past past, and they are still gonna loot that escom until i I used to tell people and those who are saying a a, a grant belong to the anc i don't see a young man who could uh, uh, maybe the old people and they are running they are waiting away from a thing that Grant is for the ANC. It's not for ANC. Ramaphosa said, Grant is for the ANC. If we remove the ANC, people won't get grant. And this grant, even if 
you don't remove the ANC. In future, you won't get this grant because these guys are stealing the grant. They destroy the, 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 the road accident fund. They destroy uh, 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 the, the, this, this money that you get, uh, the UIS. They destroy almost everything. They, until the day that we'll be looking at ourselves eye to eye and said, guys, what were we, what were we were doing by voting these people into power again and again when they were stealing from us like it's a, the beginning of something? South African, come on. Let's give Rise Muzanzi a chance and see what, where are they going to take us. Because the crooks, has, they've definitely failed us big time. We are, crime is it's rampant. There, there's no one who, even the police, when they take bribes, they, they don't care. Even the metro cops, because they are law unto themselves. Well, Msholozi wants to come back, Amona Moses, uh, to uh, more or less uh, fix what he could not uh, in any way or was not able to uh, complete during his tenure. Uh, he's convinced that the MK party is the alternative here, uh, looking at correcting what has been happening in the ANC of Ramaphosa. Uh, we, uh, we really are getting a sense that he wants to also move his campaign and push it nationally. Hence, we saw him wanting to move into Limpopo over the weekend so you don't see him as an alternative here uh, in terms of the tried and tested and 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 where then he would come in to close those gaps if if you still believe in people like jacob zuma we are here today most of the problems that we are facing in this country it's because of him mm. why didn't he fix whatever he, he wanted to fix back then he was busy with the gupta they were they were, they were actually giving him a list of, of the ministers that they need, that they will use. So what is that he still wanted to fix? Because we are, most of the things, corruption becomes an epidemic or pandemic when he was a president. So what is that he wanted to fix now? Harman, come on, people. Let the pensioner go to pension. And this guy said he's, when he was, Come to, he was requested to come and account for, for his uh, corruption at Zondo Commission of Inquiry. He didn't mm-hmm. actually do that. And when he's arrested, he said he, those who are on correctional services, they said he's terminal ill, like his brother uh, mm-hmm. Shabir Sheikh. Today he's dancing again. He's making his dancing so, so, moves. So what do you make then, uh, Moses, before I let you go, of all of these new formations? I mean, Raizam Zanz is not the only alternative or new party that has come into this space in a couple of months. We've seen, uh, you know, one, the MK. We've seen uh, Bosa build one South Africa. There's the Patriotic Alliance. Uh, there's Action SA. So all of these parties, uh, there's one, uh, you know, I think uh, the other one is called the South African or something like that. So all of these parties, Sarah, uh, you know, uh, they're presenting themselves as an alternative here, uh, moving away uh, from the ANC. Don't you find us as the electorates right now confused as to who do we go for and, and what do you think we should look out for in all of these political parties that would say to us that this is the party of choice, a party that can step into the ANC's shoes and become an alternative here? You know, all these other parties, 
are just there just to add numbers. They are not. They, they, they are not. They are not going to offer us anything. You know, as the other day, Murillo was on the on the market uh, 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 on Sunday. This show, this Murillo show. Yeah, yeah. The marketplace of idea. Yeah. Mm. He was interviewing this young. There's the, the, another rise uh, of South African from Zenda, uh, the the guy. The Dagada guy, mm. and he was interviewing uh, guys from Buza. He was interviewing uh, uh, Shilova. I said to Murillo, I'm listening to this young man. They have got some idea, nice, good ones. Why don't they come together and say, guys, let's form one thing and, and go together they can win South African majority. But in this country, everyone wants to be a leader, want to be a president, which is a big problem that we, we won't win at the end of the day. Because if we can come together and channel our idea into one thing, really we can win this, this, this battle. But everyone wants to be a president. Some of the party, they are just going there for, for, for the taking. They are there just to, 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 to be in parliament and enjoy whatever. So we cannot just go on. Let's pick one, one party that seems to be having an idea of what we are actually as South Africans mm. looking for and go with yeah. them. If yeah. they fail us, we remove them mm. immediately after five years rather than giving them 30 years like we we did to the African national criminals that actually led us where we are today. Moses, uh, thank you very much, man, for the call. All right. Sure, sure. Moses calling us there uh, from Bramley. And, and yeah, there are a lot of people uh, that uh, would pin their hopes on new political formations, as uh, one would say that uh, they would look then at the governance of the day, the service mm. delivery demonstrations that we see on the ground. Uh, they kind of give you a sense of the gaps. Uh, but we saw the ANC even during their um, January 8th statement mm. uh, there in Bombela. They were talking about uh, just a lot that the party has done for South Africa in moving us from where we were uh, to where we are uh, right now that we can't yeah. just blanketly uh, dismiss it all together and say they've done nothing so that would be a misrepresentation uh, but then uh, was that enough is that keeping us going is that something that I can help them win their votes? Uh, don't talk about what you've done. Let's talk about what you are to do. Yeah. And that would be practical. I have Dumi here on X saying that, uh, I mean, the word unemployment only appears once uh, in the Rise of Zanzi Manifesto, uh, something that is a cause for concern. Uh, there are about 11.7 million unemployed South Africans uh, to political parties. Unless you're providing a credible path to full employment, Employment, you're wasting our time. So that is what Dumi is saying here on X. Uh, but also, I have another comment. Uh, let's look for it. It's from Sambil, uh, who goes by at S. Uh, Mukwakungu, uh, who says there, 
that a holy new week Katlerolrodi and the entire Power 987 family we are tuned in Zuma must not be underestimated remember the July riot why was it why it was triggered well we are within until 3am saying that uh, here that you will undermine him at your own peril when you look at his power but Moses seems to believe here that now man he's tired he's had his chance it's not going to work here so really a lot of mixed views, but we have a really congested uh, or really when you look at it, populated, overpopulated uh, ballot paper that we'll have going into the elections here. Mm. We have a lot of these political parties and Moses even mentioned them. Some of them were hosted by Morio colleague uh, on the show, uh, you know, on his shows on Sunday. And most of them, you get a sense that they're young people. They're aware of what is mm. happening and on the ground, their hearts and minds are in the right places, uh, but they're in different kind of settings. Uh, they're not coming together as one uh, to say, how about we uh, more or less kill all of these other smaller Yana parties mm. and as brilliant minds uh, that is coming from what Arise Mzansi, coming mm. from uh, you know, Build One South Africa, uh, everybody else uh, that is young, that is brilliant that is for South Africa, how about we consolidate, uh, we become one in a way that uh, we all sing from the same hymn book yeah. that is a way that we can uh, you know more or less have a chance so to weaken the ANC where it matters the most because if you look at me voting for Patriotic Alliance and you voting for Rise Mzansi and someone else voting voting for Action SA it, it doesn't in any way give you that the numbers that would say that the ANC would be defeated so in ca- instead our votes would be scattered undoubtedly so and this is why I always make the affirmation that it's a numbers game. Mm. One, you can't use local government elections as a precursor to think, oh no, they lost Joburg, they lost... No, it's a numbers game. At a national level, it far exceeds uh, what we ever anticipated to be. It's a numbers game. Uh, and the numbers just don't lie. It would literally be an act of I don't know what. And many might say, but uh, how can you say that? But it's 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 really a numbers game. And when you look at it from this, let's take it as this: we have the ANC. We have about just a little over about uh, twelve million. Uh, no, 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 just a little over about 14 or so million uh, people that took part in the elections in 2019. Yeah. The ANC won. Yes, they went under the 60% threshold, but they got 57% of the vote. That amounted to about 10 million odd votes. Uh-huh. The opposition party, the, the, the largest opposition party immediately thereafter that was the DA with 20% of the vote. Uh, they obviously dropped. Uh-huh. That 20% translated to about 3 million, about 3.1 million votes. Uh, thereafter, the EFF came in. Uh, they got about 1 million votes. Uh, they were now then the third, uh, second largest opposition party. The IFP then came after that. 
with a percentage that was just less than one or so uh, which gave them uh, which was an amount of a little over 533,000 votes mm. and then followed by the uh, Freedom Front Plus now to that effect as you rightfully say if they have 57% it means that 43% was then split amongst all these other parties mm-hmm. of those parties the only parties that actively showed a an uptick in their support and their electoral performance were mm-hmm. the IFP the Freedom Front Plus and the EFF none made as strong a stride as the EFF so on the basis of that alone, you then come to realize that Entlek, there's something here. And now the inability of parties, opposition parties, if they have the same underlying uh, desire to remove the ANC, they cannot even, you know, drum up uh, that entire 43% to be like we're going into this with 43% and we just need to gain another 7% mm-hmm. from somewhere so you now have differing views differing uh, you know expectations uh, ideologies and all those other things which makes it difficult because now everyone is around I want to be the winner takes it all even in a space of a coalition government, I still want to be the winner takes it all because why? I want to have that big brother-esque aspect around, you know, being able to control the narrative. That's one of the reasons why the coalitions uh, of the DA actually fell through because a lot of their coalition partners thought to themselves that uh, they are playing a big brother role. Another interesting statistic uh, to this fact that if there is a desire for, if this is our end desire as a citizenry, uh, this is our end desire as political agents and political parties, how do we actively make that a possibility? Did you know that of the 26 million odd registered voters mm. in South Africa, 55% of those are women? Which means that even if no men ever had to vote women in this country alone that are registered to vote could literally decide the fate uh, of the country but because interests are different because there's a party that just springs up every single time and as it springs up uh, they say the right things because of the necessary frustration that comes from a, a, a political system that has been stagnant, a political system that has been marred with so many other things. It mm-hmm. then splits the interests and then splits the very nature of what people are trying to achieve or what people want. Now, like you say, I voted for the PA. The PA... Yeah. It's, 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 it's membership from, you know, the, 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 the colored population, if you will, of uh, partially the ANC, but also uh, the DA. You've got Action SA, which is, uh, you know, which is another party that eats at the DA's uh, membership slightly. And so it's an ongoing cycle that you end up then realizing that Entlek, mm-hmm. 
Mm. Hey, you've got these parties and yeah, now they may represent people, yeah. but they've eaten away at other parts. And because now they've eaten away at other parts and more often than not, they've eaten away at smaller portions mm. uh, from within themselves as opposition parties, yeah. it then makes the, 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 the general premise or is that then the power that is still then held by the ruling Mm -hmm. party is still enough. So there is a need to be able to kind of shape how uh, politics move, but more specifically... Consolidate. Consolidate, Consolidate. but they won't. Because why? The desire, and this is the sad reality about this point, uh, is that we find ourselves living in a society where these very same politicians, political Mm. parties and such are really just in a space where they gamble. Like, you know, our lived reality, Mm. the fact that people don't have water, uh, the fact that, you know, we have load shedding, the fact that, you know, GBV is a pandemic of epic proportions, joblessness. This actively... Uh, proves now that our realities are for them a game of sorts yeah. you know yeah. uh, it's it's now let's let's find the near the, the, the quickest hashtag and let's yeah, sure. make it a thing and uh, let's 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 because fact of the matter is we can complain about the ruling party and the food parcels and the free t-shirts that they'll give people but some of the campaigning that's done across the board, uh, you see on social media, the one party went to this community and, you know, now they're taking pictures of abject poverty. Yes, it's to inform and to be able to express why, why they're doing what they're doing. But it's the same aspect as what the ruling party is doing. So unless there's a consolidation and unless there's an actual, an actual desire to actively want to consolidate and streamline power mm-hmm. um there's 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 nothing that's going to happen and as a result thereof there's the, mm-hmm. the efforts are going to be futile we do have too many political parties and it really just it muddies the water as well it really muddies the water and i think that's where we then find ourselves with all these conundrums that actually make the political system more chaotic instead of actually trying to solve it and make it better yeah and i remember I remember there was also that convention yes. uh, you know, I'm, I'm not hearing much you know from uh, that particular cohort uh, the da leading that convention that would be an alternative uh, that would work to ensure that the anc and the eff uh, don't come into a power so uh, one wonders where that convention is as we speak right now uh, because really when you look at it mm-hmm. uh, the democratic alliance has not been doing well mm-hmm. uh, one uh, could even suspect that they could be removed as the uh, official opposition here uh, when you look at the challenges uh, that have been happening over time yeah. uh, i mean really uh, the center has not been holding for quite some time there and you would then see um uh, you know a, a lot of uh, people, a lot of leaders leaving uh, the organization. We saw the former member of parliament, uh, Caleb Kachalia, mm-hmm. also leaving the organization. Uh, so, Kumura Malifo, so there's a lot that has been happening uh, within the Democratic Alliance, and you don't get to hear them uh, and see them. Uh, you know, I've, I think I've seen more of the MK than the Democratic Alliance yeah. in the last month going into uh, this month, and also looking 
looking at the fact that it's the ball is seemingly rolling yes. around the elections. We need to see them making as much noise as possible. I mean, we saw them slamming the, uh, the high education minister when that scandal around NSFAS mm. came out and corruption and even moving to open a case. Uh, but uh, could that really be enough to ensure that uh, the party remains the party of choice? I mean, Action SA is more or less without a doubt taking a lot of their supporters uh, that are uh, DA supporters. Also, uh, we know that there's the FF Plus. Uh, they've shot mm. up uh, in terms of uh, just a number of supporters that they've amassed from the DA, mm. uh, those that are not finding joy uh, with that uh, political party. So it remains to be seen. I want us to listen to uh, Songezo one last time. All right. uh, and then when we come back, we'll wrap it up and then just look at what came out of Joburg, uh, you know, looking at this devastating fire that played out in the CBD. We are a violent society. We are no longer shocked by violence and murder. We just shake our heads and move on. And most of this violence is caused by us, men. We are violent to each other. We are violent to women and children. So all of us have to look at ourselves, look at the politicians, look at political parties, and we do our bit. As a people, we have become used to the unacceptable. When the lights go off at night, we keep talking and laughing as if nothing has happened. When power goes off for four hours instead of six hours per day, we celebrate and say the government has done well. In the city of Johannesburg, we have become used to homeless South Africans directing traffic during load shedding. We are being conditioned to watch and do nothing while our country gets destroyed in front of our eyes. And we must not let that happen. Many of you know I come from the Eastern Cape, from the former Transkei. There is a road there, the R61. Between Mtata and Ngobo, they've been trying to repair that road since 2007. Since 2007, they are still not finished. Those are not people who can change our lives. The premier of my province, Oscar Mabuyan, is from Ngob. He drives on that same road every time. If he cannot fix a road in his own backyard, he definitely will not care about the people of Mkanduli where I come from. So let me ask again, are we going to let the ANC destroy our lives and the future of our children? And the answer is no. There is enough evidence that if we do nothing, there will be no future and no country left to save. In the words of Hank Stewart, it is our time, it is our turn. If we do nothing, it will be our fault. South Africa will not go to the dogs, not while we are still breathing. We will not surrender to Amasela. Imi Godoy.
Rais Mzansi has a bold vision to build a new society, a society that is founded on the values of freedom, equality, justice, solidarity, and integrity. Together, we will build a South Africa that is safe, prosperous, equal, and united, where everyone can live a happy and dignified life in one generation, that is 20 to 25 years. A child born today, by the time they start working, South Africa needs to be a different place, and all of us here in this room and outside are going to make sure that it happens. And that journey begins today. A happy and dignified life is not too much to ask for. People are not asking to be rich. They're asking for dignity. Just dignity. Respect. So changing South Africa needs that we change how we think. This People's Manifesto, this one, is the bold shift our country needs. In here are the daily experiences and voices of the South African people. This is about what South Africans know is wrong and how we must fix it. We promise no miracles. Instead, we make clear that reversing this disaster is going to be very, very hard. South Africa needs new leaders with vision and purpose and a strong sense of patriotism. These people don't love our country. You don't steal from the people if you love the country, if you love the people. So this is the main reason this People's Manifesto begins with the question of leadership, good government, and how we can implement the will of the people with sensible policies and laws. We will not only send capable ethical people to parliament, but we will make cabinet smaller with ministries that work together and have the best qualified people to do the work of the South African people. This country cannot continue to be destroyed by cadre deployment, which we will end on day one. No new government can succeed if the corrupt caters who are there to look after their friends and their friends in business and their families are still in office. We need to get them out. There's only one station that gives you concise, unfiltered, unbiased news. Power 98.7. Now we're talking. Songhez was be there just doing the things, right? Uh, more or less giving practical examples uh, in terms of where we are right now, even giving us a, an example of load shedding to say uh, that when you look at it, uh, we have really more or less uh, normalized uh, the traffic uh, being controlled by homeless people. Uh, he was saying that when you look at it, uh, we are being conditioned here uh, to really watch and listen as the country just decimate. And 
and he was saying that it's time uh, to rise as some Zanzi, as South Africans, uh, to come through as an alternative here and come through with solutions. This was, of course, their first ever uh, manifesto, and we were talking about it, uh, Chlori, just offline, to say that uh, really when you look at it, uh, these political parties, uh, they would need to do the groundwork here uh, because as much as we see all of these posters of Rise of Zanzi yes. uh, in the suburbs, I mean, if you drive into uh, Senton, even here in Houghton, uh, you go even in Soweto, uh, you tend to see uh, some of these uh, posters that Rise of Zanzi, uh, they are an alternative. Mm. Uh, 2024 is our 1994 and we see uh, that particular movement gaining momentum. Uh, but when you look at it, uh, one can't say that Gogo Mazubuko or, uh, you know, Datumkulu, uh, whoever yes. knows who these people are, yes. you know, meaning that uh, there's still an element of advantage here mm. uh, where the ANC is concerned. I mean, the EFF, at least they know it uh, as the Patiamali mind. You see the Gogos uh, just sometimes and they even always get yes. in, invited uh, to all of these events at EFF. You get that there is a, a specific section uh, for old people because mm. that's how uh, then the EFF has positioned itself. Uh, but when you look at uh, all of these other political parties, you'd still have to do the groundwork, right? Uh, to really ensure that you resonate uh, with everyone. And uh, just a couple of months before the elections uh, won't really put you in that position. Oh, yes, undoubtedly. And uh, as we were saying mm-hmm. offline, it's really, uh, you know, as I made reference to a conversation I had a little mm-hmm. while back in the, mm-hmm. at, towards the end of last year is that you need to build a profile. Uh, the, the, the ANC, despite its faults, despite it is a machine. Uh, it is a machine that's been in the game, uh, specifically this game, for 30 years. Uh, they're a part of the system. They are the system. And in doing so, to be able to actively pose a threat and challenge. And, and I think to an extent, I, 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 I blame the EFF slightly uh, for, for the hubris and the, 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 the bravado that a lot of these other political parties and formations have. And I blame them because a lot of people believed or saw that you know, the model of the EFF, because, I mean, they really just came out as new kids on the block and, bam, they got 20 seats in Parliament, first set of elections. Uh, they literally became the third biggest opposition, uh, the second biggest opposition party in their first set of elections, and they've been on a trajectory of growth ever since. But not understanding or not forgetting or not realizing that the foundation of the EFF are people who are what? Part of that? system that has a national profile which is the ANC that helped fast forward 2019 uh no 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 sorry 2014 then you fast forward to 2019 they've grown uh they have now grown they hit the 1 million mark in terms of number of votes they double uh, the, the the number of seats that they have in parliament why national profile because they had that now 
uh, there's a need for these political parties to be able to ensure that they develop a national profile because that is what uh, gets them. And yes, I understand that there's a certain level of, uh, you know, there's a certain level of stature that comes in, you know, launching and focusing and Gauteng and all those other things. But there's nine provinces in South yeah. Africa. You need to make sure it that you resonate in every single <laughs> one that you speak. Yes. I mean, just to make mention of an example that, 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 that we made, one of the political parties that have recently been established, uh, the South African Rainbow Alliance, uh, which yeah. is, of course, being headed by the former... And it's really my hope that as a party that they do not contest, that they don't find themselves on this national and provincial ballot come uh, the elections of 2024 because of one thing they don't have. You may as a politician be known and have traveled and you know all those other things but it's about the party because now you're maybe the face but the party must now be established as an entity and a system to which people can resonate so it is my hope that such parties don't necessarily contest these elections because why you are better poised to be able to create a space in which you build your reputation perhaps then contest local government elections and then thereafter wait for our next elective period which is 2029 for national elections and then start there because for example if she were to contest then most of these newer parties if they were to contest now without necessarily having an active uh, national profile it will spell the end of those parties come the 2029 uh, national elections because why uh by then they would not have established themselves in any way whatsoever so for a party like sarah you would then hope that uh, they don't contest and instead the influence that she has uh, as a former speaker be used to consolidate power to be able to drum up power and then work towards contesting local government elections in 2026 and then once that has been done then you then know that okay now i can now look based on what i've performed or how i've performed now i can maybe look at contesting national elections so yeah i don't know who helps these parties strategize i don't know uh, maybe they should try give me a call and then maybe ask. <laughs> but it, it, it's really about that because yeah. you, you you cannot and you know we can use football terms we can use so many other terms you mm. cannot be a team uh, that has no infrastructure that has you know a coaching or any staff really and then you want to go and take on a, a Real Madrid or, or Barcelona in football mm. you don't have the infrastructure you don't have the systemic knowledge to be able to do that so what do you want to do build that rather and then mm. look further but because there's this need to we want to be there we want to be players in the game people don't actively look toward what it could possibly mean or what they should actually be doing and that is the sad reality there's a there's a rush to want to yeah we 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 want to get rid of them we want to get like it's 10 million 10 million votes 
Hey, bro. oh, guys, come on, let's be honest, let's be serious. <laughs> so, yeah, man, they are calling this the People's Manifesto. Yeah, uh, let's wait and see how then, uh, you know, people then resonate with the Ryan Zanzi here. And they are actually saying that uh, they are a better alternative to a lot of alternatives that have presented mm-hmm. uh, themselves here. So we wait and see if you at home also, they said the right things here. They're saying that South Africa is in trouble. We are at crossroads as we speak right now. Something will need uh, to be done here. So there was a lot happening, a lot of activity. They're saying that a proper seed uh, really is planted planted here. Uh, when you look at how then Raizam Zansi would present itself as uh, a solid foundation uh, to being an alternative uh, in terms of governance here, officially really announcing uh, their manifesto and what they have in store for you as an electorate as we go into the elections next year. I mean, we saw them also demonstrating, doing outside the Hartfeld Arena. It was packed. Uh, really, they packed it up and a lot of them were young people. So, like I was saying, that the party chooses to really try to close mm. gaps mm. Uh, that have been pre- created by government here. One of those gaps being to ensure uh, that we have a younger cabinet. We have a younger parliament. We have a young, young, young. Uh, so we'll wait and see how things then fare in this particular uh, regard. I mean, mm. they're saying that they're focused on elections. Yeah. Uh, they're focused on ensuring that Mzansi just rise uh, from uh, the ashes that have been created by uh, the ANC, I guess. Uh, and they're saying that we should avoid, uh, avoid political gimmicks as we go mm. into uh, 2024. Uh, let's wait and see here. Right, let's wait and see how then they're going to really fare. Like I said, uh, we've seen Kumera Molefo, he's joined them. Mm. Uh, you know, a lot of people having left uh, their party. Makashule Ghana, one of the people that have left the uh, DA, they've joined Raizam Zansi. So Raizam Zansi having eaten into a lot of these uh, political parties, but the proof will be in the pudding oh, yes. where the 2024 uh, general elections are concerned. I want us mm. to break a bit, Chlori. Uh, when we come back, uh, we'll go into to this story around the Johannesburg CBD and then we'll be letting you go because wow we've kept you (laughs) (laughs) and kept you and kept you uh, but we really appreciate you uh, coming through here it's always a pleasure yeah just a reminder to our listeners at home that uh, we're still pushing it with this morning he's uh, our social commentator uh, coming through uh, there to give us a sense of what has been happening in the news really our conversation uh, centered and dominated by uh, developments coming out of Raizam Zanti. It was their weekend uh, this weekend uh, there in the city of Tswane where they presented uh, their manifesto uh, going into uh, the 2024 general elections. A lot uh, we spoke about uh, a lot in terms of uh, what's on offer here. Even played you a little bit of snippets of what came out of that particular address by the leader uh, Songezo uh, Zibi there. But you at home, remember we still have a long way to go. 
and every day we'll try by all means to reflect uh, with you in terms of developments in the political space uh, especially when we see uh, you know a movement around all of these political parties uh, that are presenting themselves as an alternative uh, government here uh, to uh, the ANC. We're still with Chlori uh, but also uh, just a reminder that uh, you know we had to drop uh, our entrepreneurship corner this morning uh, because Nell would move uh, you know her will move her into another time and also uh, just uh, Loazi will come through as well uh, but then we're still with Chlori here just discussing what is happening in the new space so we come back and shift our focus to developments uh, coming out of the city of Johannesburg. Our time is three minutes after two o'clock. Welcome to the last hour of uh, the Power Zone right here on Power 98.7. We're moving into developments uh, coming out of the Johannesburg CBD. Uh, over the weekend, we saw uh, a lot of activity in terms of emergency personnel, uh, fire services as well, uh, just a lot of multi-stakeholder uh, just intervention uh, following this particular fire that gutted a building on Commissioner Street in the Johannesburg CBD in the early hours of Sunday morning. So we hear that there have been a little bit of movement in terms of intervention here or investigations where this particular fire is concerned. Just a cause for concern being just how then we see these fires becoming a thing, right, in the Johannesburg CBD. Yeah. Remember there was that fire that saw even a commission of inquiry started into what started that Marshalltown fire. Yes. People had to be moved into to uh, different places here. It looks like that very same operation will have to be more or less deployed here uh, so that we can see people moved to other places. We have the Johannesburg city manager, Floyd Brink, really coming through to confirm uh, that police have also managed to make an inroad where uh, this particular issue uh, is concerned. If you're in the Johannesburg CBD, if you witnessed this particular fire, if you are one person that is concerned about uh, developments in uh, the city or where you stay, uh, do call us. Let's talk uh, and let's just get a sense of how uh, you're receiving all of these interventions as well uh, by the city in dealing also uh, with abandoned buildings or buildings that are not uh, really intact in terms of issues of uh, occupational health and safety and just issues uh, of fire and the likes where safety is concerned. So we are on 0861 000 we also there by X. We go by at Power FM and nine eight seven. So, Chloe, uh, this fire uh, just somewhat uh, devastating to about over a hundred of families that will now be accommodated elsewhere uh, because this particular building is no longer safe and intact of occupation. Yeah, uh, it's always sad, mm. right? And 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 and, and I, I I take the pause. Uh, for a little while because something was just running through my mind around how it takes a disaster such as this for us to be able to see that certain solutions can be made uh, to the housing and homelessness crisis that we have as a country, as a city. Mm. Because from this tragedy, we have a commitment, uh, you know, and yes, it's temporary. Understandably mm-hmm. so, it's temporary. But if it is temporary, it means that there's capacity and ability 
to be able uh, to, to to do this, you know. Uh, and so that that's just the one thing that just kept going into my mind, that if we can make time to find temporary lodging, what then happens if you actively pour the right funding and the right economic power behind it and then you're able to actually you know fast track and fast pace uh, the notion around uh, homelessness but nevertheless uh, there is a woman we are told who has been arrested in connection with the building fire uh, that took place uh, on a building uh, between commission and nugget at the corner of commission and nugget uh, both those streets continue to be or were still closed off to traffic on sunday uh, following this fire um, in the Joburg cbd now uh, to this point four uh, people were left injured. Uh, this was, of course, toward the end of Sunday evening, with two people who were then, uh, who were then declared dead, or they were killed by the fire. Um, it has left over a hundred, actually, in actually over two hundred people displaced, and so the city is at this point working to find temporary accommodation. Um, the case and the matter has been handed over as per city manager Floyd Brunk uh, to police to conduct further investigations. Um, it is told or it is said that the fire was not reported to officials but was detected through cameras uh, the city has installed across the CBD. Uh, of course, this is a story that will probably it will develop as time goes on and we will further find out but as i was saying you know as we were taking that break yeah. I, I i i you you're not sure if this woman is actively uh you know the the, the reason for mm. the fire did she actually perpetrate yeah. was she the mm. perpetrator mm. or was she a scapegoat with the understanding mm -hmm. of the fact that okay well uh, she was nearby, so there's the possibility that, uh, you know, she could have done it. We don't know. Uh, it is tragic, of course, uh, that this would occur. But then it also raises another issue. And these are issues that will come up from the development of the story. Number one, uh, the, the, the actual infrastructure, the state of the building. Uh, number two, was the fire actively started by this individual or was it as a result of faulty infrastructure? Number three, it then goes back to this notion of abandoned buildings and what are being done with them. Number four, uh, eventually it will then be uh, part and parcel of the conversation will then be, you know, the status of the people, the status of the people in terms of... Uh, you know their citizenry and 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 whether they are legally here or illegally here that's the other aspect that will develop from the story and then we then now know that these are the issues that we're facing it now goes back to a matter of documentation of of of, of foreign nationals within uh, of african nationals within the country it then goes to what is actually happening with the buildings in the city and what is the mechanism that is being employed by government to actively deal 
with this notion of abandoned buildings or just buildings that are not in good condition yep. outside of then abandoned buildings those that do then have some level of ownership and all those other things are they still in a good condition i mean if we then look back to the to, to the fact that we had that explosion uh, in in in, in Brie last year uh, that obviously that not only affected the street uh, but it also affected probable buildings now we're looking at buildings that are still occupied legally and otherwise that have yet to be abandoned are they optimally functioning and are they of of of, of safe uh, safe standards or are they of a good enough safety uh, and health standard and so then it becomes this this entire cycle or this entire chain of this is the issue this issue is now based on this that and the other but these are the other emanating aspects and other emanating issues from this so how do we work around that how do we navigate that and i think that is where uh, we will find ourselves uh, but we now come to understand that the inner city of johannesburg and the buildings thereof are really problematic yeah. uh, and uh, in 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 the case of south africa and, and it's not to even for to bear forbearance or to bear uh, future predictions of more of this happening but with all the inclement weather if it's not a fire it's a it'll be a building collapse and all of that and we will find ourselves with a a a, a, a massacre for lack of a better word uh, that was really just caused by dilapidated and mm. unkept buildings and so this is something that yeah, really needs yeah. to be at the top of the agenda of the city officials and leaders mm. a pandemic really when yes. you look at uh, all of these yes. fires and uh, one thing that is sad uh, about all of these developments is that uh, we have humans we have human life uh, that is more or less compromised as we you know go about uh, you know what is happening in the CBD but uh, not just in Johannesburg I think there are a lot of these CBDs uh, one was talking about Kempton Park one was talking about Pretoria yeah. uh, the other one was uh, just uh, talking about Randburg uh, there's just a lot that is happening there mm. in terms of the dilapidated uh, buildings that would need interventions because their integrity is something that is not intact yeah. and uh, we have people losing their lives then uh, when something of this nature happens. We yeah. have two people uh, that lost their lives here uh, and uh, fortunately uh, you know, it was just four uh, others that were injured but the magnitude of just the displacements is something, the displacements is just something that you can't avoid here meaning that uh, the city is back to the drawing board uh, for the city of Johannesburg uh, to find placement or where then there would move uh, these particular people uh, because they become then the responsibility of the city like what we saw happen there in that Marshall Town fire yeah. uh, where then most of them were even moved to Denver and uh, the city has tried by all means to then come up with makeshift structures uh, that would ensure uh, that these particular people are accommodated mm-hmm. here. So at this point in time we don't know where uh, they are being moved to uh, because uh, you know more or less the officials will have to do a roundup yeah. Yeah. Headcount and then ensure that they give a matching order. It goes without saying, and I think we can only hope that they will hasten because we we know that in this instance when they need to give those orders and do what needs to be done, mm. it can take them some time to actively um, get into action and actually spring into action around those things. So we're really hoping that there will be some level of uh, ex 
expeditious uh, action. Uh, failure which is then just adds it to the pile of things that were never dealt with it adds it to the pile of things that were never really uh you know tried it adds it to the failure of things that that that, that never got done because well you know we just didn't feel like it but there's a real need for the action uh, uh to, to 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 be swift uh to be efficient and to be dealt with accordingly because there is an issue and uh, there's a massive infrastructure issue mm. and uh, you don't need delays in terms of finding out what the issue is but similarly so these are also things that can happen concurrently to one another whilst the inv mm. investigations are taking place and whatever action is necessary in terms of you know making sure that these people uh, are are placed elsewhere and are able to rebuild their lives you can also now start actively looking towards how do I develop and make better this issue of infrastructure that I have. And I think if they can learn a certain level of multitasking, really, I think we'll be better placed. But uh, time is of the essence and certainly a yep. concentrated reaction and a concentrated plan is required because now this can be seen as a pandemic as you've rightfully penned it mm. and if we're not careful it's a pandemic that can cause irretrievable and irreparable harm if we are not if we are not and if they are not uh, aware and yeah. are not cognizant of the action that needs to be taken we need to zoom into these buildings, right? Yes. Uh, we need to ensure that as cities, there's a plan around rehabilitation uh, in terms of looking at the integrity and how we should go about uh, these particular buildings. Uh, you know, when that fire happened in Marshalltown, uh, there were talks around uh, yeah. how then uh, the public protector would even be roped in here mm. uh, to investigate what happened here in terms of these buildings, the abandoned buildings and the likes. And if there's a syndicate uh, that is operating to hijack uh, some of these buildings, yeah. uh, you know, so we'll, we'll wait and see where uh, that particular investigation is concerned. But sorry, mm. I want to let you go uh, because you've been with us. But before we go, uh, let's talk about uh, these developments coming out of uh, the Ultimate Fighting Championship. I mean, uh, really, it looks like sports is coming through for us once again as mm. South Africa here, uh, looking at that victory of uh, Drikas Duplessis. Uh, there in the UFC. He's become uh, the 14th undisputed UFC middleweight uh, champion. Uh, there was a commitment that I saw coming through uh, there uh, from Dana White uh, in terms of saying that it mm -hmm. looks like uh, the UFC is going to be coming to South Africa uh, just after this particular victory that was secured by Drikas Duplessis. Oh yes, uh, certainly something worth celebrating, yeah. something that ignited a fire. A lot of people got up early mm -hmm. on Sunday morning to watch this and really he did not disappoint. Uh, Darkus uh, still knocks Duplessis uh, <laughs> against Sean Strickland of the United States. Uh, we're in about at UFC 297. Uh, for the middleweight uh, championship, world mid middleweight championship. And he was, of course, uh, victorious. 
And as a result thereof, and really looking at the work and the career of Duplessis, uh, certainly he has been and has shaped himself as a ambassador, but really a, 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 a success story. Um, coming out of South Africa, coming out of Africa, specifically in the sport, which is really concentrated within uh, North America. Whilst, yes, there is general participation across the board, um, it is a sport that has really had most of its time uh, concentrated within North America as well as uh, Europe. And so for him to be able to get to this point is really um, for this bout to actually even have happened is really based on uh, the performances uh, within his career. Uh, prior to this, he had had 22 matches, 20 wins, two losses, uh, and now it's 21 uh, wins and two losses. And really, it has really put him on the platform. And as a result thereof, and because of his growing popularity within the sport the world over, uh, there was this intimation by Dana White, president of uh, the UFC, mm -hmm. uh, on his plans of hosting an event in South Africa. And what you see from this is since the advent of, of course, the 2010 World Cup, that there is a this deep desire and interest uh, to have all these sports kind of you know, establish themselves and plant themselves and have events in South Africa, understanding yep. the market uh, of Africa uh, South Africa being the gateway, especially from a sport perspective, the gateway to uh, the, the the continent, and so as a result thereof, you we we were seeing this possibility of trying to grow. Uh, we saw with uh, NBA Africa, uh, we've seen with so many things that development, uh, and so uh, in the build up to this. Uh, he has certainly reiterated that the plan would be made to make plans to visit uh, the continent and uh, come to South Africa. And probably from that visit, there will then be the possibility of trying to promote the sport, uh, trying to promote, uh, you know, very various aspects around it and just try to be able to develop a a a a a fan base if you will or you know rather grow that as best as possible and so uh ufc africa we're not sure how long it may take but really there's the intimation around wanting to actively do it and so only time will tell and i mean like he's himself said it's a no-brainer we now are the home of uh, the ufc middleweight the champion. champion of the world and so <laughs> uh, they need to be able to come and see what it is and yeah. you know ultimately it is of course the desire that uh, if you have someone who succeeds in a sport from his place or in a place where the sport is not necessarily at the fore, uh, at the fore of, of, of sporting codes, uh, once you have something like this, it then creates it, 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 it puts people uh, at it, it puts people's minds on activate, it puts people's thoughts uh, to be geared towards the sport and then you actively find a market and then you you want to be able to expose that and and not only expose that but be able to build on that as best as possible so really and truly with uh Trikas's, uh world title win uh, we can anticipate that there would be somewhere somehow the development 
of a ufc africa just to be able to grow the sport and grow the knowledge and the understanding thereof so congratulations mm. uh to triggers uh certainly uh they don't know what uh there was the hello vietni vatons vietni which is the, 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 the you know which was the tag going in and uh, they, they they really didn't and this is proof positive and i mean Uh, I guess we can say Trigus's victory certainly uh, even uh, inspired uh, the boys in Cote d'Ivoire and myself to go and score four goals. So, hey, it wasn't a bad day as mm. far as uh, sports are all. concerned in South Africa. Not at all, man. And uh, we're just starting <laughs> the year, right? Yeah. Uh, and it kind of uh, positioned us so nicely. Yeah. I was saying earlier on, uh, you know, with one of our callers that Bafana Bafana, also they've done us proud. Yeah. Uh, just uh, coming out victorious there in the night that was, mm. uh, just as we were getting here. Uh, that's when the match was wrapping up, uh, winning 4-0 against uh, Namibia. So we are saying congratulations are in order. Uh, so we're hoping that we do best there by AFCON. We start the year That's on this particular belief. note. We see the UFC come here uh, because there's greater benefit to us uh, being the host in this particular regard. Yeah. Uh, but we're hearing that really it was not the first time uh, that uh, the president there of the UFC, Dana White, uh, had shared his desire uh, to break ground on the African continent. Uh, you know, this was hinted in 2022. Mm. There was even a commitment to say, if we see Drakers, like <laughs> mm. <laughs> we see Drakers win here, and then we'd see this particular championship or that you know sport come here. Uh, you yeah. know, to motherland, home ground. Let's just wait and see. Maybe twenty twenty four is not going to be a bad year. After all, I would see sports being able to unite us as we saw it mm. do yeah. in twenty twenty three. I want us to break here, but thank you very much, man, for just being with us, thank riding you. with us, our ride or die. You know, uh, that you guy. Know you know, so we really, really appreciate you uh, giving us your time, extending your time with us. Uh, throughout the morning, just giving us a sense of what to expect in the week that is to come. Yeah. Uh, obviously, uh, just the news around the political space. Those are going to be uh, big talkers. But also, uh, one thing that, that I've picked up as well, Chlochi, going into this week is that uh, today we then see uh, the Senzo May 1 Meta trial resume mm. uh, there in the Pretoria High Court yes. for the year 2024. So let's just wait and see how things then pan out where that is concerned. But then, mm. hey, uh, uh, do please follow this gentleman on the socials. Please remind us again, uh, who are you? I am on X. I still need to get it, my mind says Twitter, my mouth wants to say Twitter, then I remember it's X. It's X. It's X. But yes, it's X and Instagram at LRK underscore Musue at LRK underscore Musue. Uh, please do follow and certainly let us keep the conversation going. Uh, there are many things, many, many things that will keep our minds active, busy. Some of the things will keep us on the edge of our seat some of the things will really leave us in awe and in shock but uh, one thing is certain uh, together we can still make it but most of all uh, despite whatever problems we may face our country is still a beautiful place and it is still worth fighting for so wherever you are whatever you can do do that and keep fighting for the beauty and for the soul of this country
Thank you so very much. Thank you very much, sir, for giving us your time. Enjoy the rest of your week. Uh, Of course, he goes by at LRK underscore Musue. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.